Welcome to Better Than MJ and Kobe? Question mark. Uh, I'm uh, your host, Cthulhu's Prodigy. And it's your co-host, Stitch, here. All right. We haven't done a cast in a while, man. Yeah, a lot of NBA has been uh, going on and everything. We got a lot to catch up on. Holy shit, do we ever. <laughs> We're going to start with the giant pink elephant masturbating in the corner. Oh, uh, yeah. Let's let's talk about uh, your Golden State Warriors. Yeah. Sat, I was... Uh, I was obviously pulling for him because uh, I think I said on our last episode, I enjoyed watching Cleveland just live in a world of misery. It was fun. <sighs> um, this was, without question, the biggest choke in NBA history. And yeah. I'm not just saying that because I'm, I'm a creature of the moment and you know this is the most recent one, so it's got to be the worst. There's never been a team that's come back from 3-1. To win a seven-game finals. Yeah. It's just never happened in the history of the finals. And then also, to add on top of it, the 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 Warriors having the greatest regular season in the history of the, of, of the NBA regular season. Yep. 73 wins. You are up 3-1 you, against a team where you beat uh, twice. You swept the, se- the series season with them. And then on top of that, you had not lost three games... In a row, the entire season, you had only lost two home games, two home games uh, in the three. playoffs, and then also uh, I think the entire season they had only lost two games, like back to back games, to me once or twice. I think they had lost no regular season back to back games. Uh, I think I think they held that record. I'm okay. pretty sure. I thought, they but, had, I thought at one point, like right after like the All Star break. But I could be mm-hmm. wrong. Yeah, I think they got that. I mean, they, they had a historic year. This was, in my eyes, even bigger than the upset with a different sport, but with Brady uh, choking in the the, uh, the Super Bowl against the New York Giants. Well, yeah. I, I, well, that's... Uh, for the perfect season. Yeah, football's a little bit different because it's one game. I think of, um, I believe it was... Was it three zero with the Yankees Red Sox? Yeah, I think that, that one big. sticks out to to me a lot because um, in a series, series versus a game, anything can go wrong in a game. You, yep. Your players could have a bad game, you can get into foul trouble, someone tweaks an ankle or something. But it seemed to have collapsed, and uh, unfortunately, uh, I think people forget that. Uh, the dynamic of the series could have changed, and I think it did change when Draymond Green was suspended. It did. As a Warriors fan, I'm not going to make any excuses. They were still playing at home for Game 5. Mm-hmm. Um, they were still coming off a really great uh, Game 4 in Cleveland, you know, where they took that commanding 3-1 to lead. Um, on paper, the Warriors were a much better team. Obviously, uh, head and shoulders better you know, it looked like with Draymond, and, and that d- did shift the momentum, but you've got to give credit. Kyrie Irving played lights out and outplayed Curry in every statistical category yeah. uh, for a point guard imaginable. It wasn't even close. Yeah. Kyrie and a lot of it was kind of ironic because a lot of people were putting blame on Kyrie for his shooting and just how he was trying to make it all about him uh, earlier in the series and even in uh, some of the games um, earlier in the playoffs. But Curry got, I mean. Uh, Irving got his game together, and it it was at the perfect time, obviously, for them to go on a nice run and take the series. So it worked out really good. 
I would have actually preferred, and this is controversial, but I actually would have preferred Kyrie and LeBron to get co-MVP. Because in my mind, even though I know LeBron was extremely dominant, and this is no shade to him at all, because he, I think he led the entire finals on both teams in points, rebounds, and assists, I believe, and maybe even block shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, might even been some other categories. You know what I mean? Maybe even steals. Who knows? Uh, it was a lot of categories that he was first in. And I completely get that. But Kyrie was the dagger. Yeah, I mean, essentially the same thing happened last year. LeBron was really, really good in the finals last year. Mm-hmm. It was just his his teammates didn't step up to the plate to, yes. to help him. And uh, for part of it, it seemed like it was it wasn't happening again this year. Love was was sort of gone in MIA for for a good bit of the games. Jr. Jr. Kyrie even some games wasn't at the beginning of the series wasn't playing as well. But LeBron got help and he he had his 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 Robin his Batman for uh for the next couple of games where he was able to just rely on his teammates to to hit an open shot to. Uh, to draw in defenders and let him get an open shot. So it really ended up becoming more of a team game this year in comparison to last year. Well, and truth be told, Curry didn't look hungry. He didn't look aggressive. He never looked comfortable. Yes, there were some games. I think game six uh, was kind of notorious for him getting into foul trouble and having some problems with the refs. Um, He never looked like he was in the flow of the offense uh, there were there were ridiculous turnovers that were being made, uh, silly ones, yeah. you know. Um, and I, I hate turnovers. I mean, that, that's just <laughs> it, it, it's torture on an offense. Um, and he didn't look like when his long three point shot wasn't falling that he wanted to dish and create or drive to the hole because he's actually an incredible finisher at the basket too, especially for his size, right? That part of his game was completely absent in, in all seven games, just yeah. about. I also think uh, Bogut going down was a that was big, huge. Was a big uh, difference defensively. It took oh, away yeah. a nice big presence in the center of the lane, and uh, I mean Festus. I, I enjoy watching Festus, but he's not nearly. Not to say like Bogut's some sort of Dikembe Mutombo no. uh, body out there, but I mean Bogut's reliable in terms of getting rebounds. Blocking shots, and I enjoy Festus when Festus goes on his nice runs where he can hit some three-point shots. It, it makes it fun, but you you can't really rely on that. You can't depend on that to win games. Bogut is at least going to bother somebody in mm. in the paint. He's going to bother either a big man or someone driving to where they're going to think twice about going really hard to the hole. Mm. You know, not to say he's not someone who's someone like you mentioned, uh, like Matumbo or whatever, who's you know going to block more things that he get uh, more times that he gets dunked on. But he's still a true seven footer with a big body, yeah. and um, I would say he was the best seven footer on both teams. You know, it, it also uh, you have to factor in it takes away a lot of the pressure off Draymond. Oh yeah, when you have uh, someone like Bogut. On his back and everything to, to assist with trapping people, yeah. and he can let people take the go to the baseline because he knows he has Bogut there to shut it down. Yep, and uh, it takes away from the foul trouble and, and a lot of the matchups. You don't have to worry about getting switched up on the wrong guy because Bogut can still play defense underneath. He's he's got nice footwork where he can if he gets caught out from underneath the basket, he can still make defensive plays. He can keep people in front of him where 
Festus sometimes it just looks like he's on on skates. Do you give any credit to Tyrone Lou? Hmm. I mean, it, it, it's it's hard to do this. Remember, he came in midway through the season on a team that went to six games um, in the NBA Finals last year under uh, what's his face, uh, David Blatt. Yeah. Um, they were the number one team in the East, without a doubt, all year long. So he inherited, there's no doubt, a lot of talent. But the odds were against him the entire way. It's That's a tough question, and I, I don't know how much it's X's and O's between the, their coaching strategy. Um, just from a layman's sort of viewpoint, it just seems like the best way to let Cleveland be Cleveland, or LeBron be LeBron is just let him do whatever he wants. Let LeBron drop the plays. Let LeBron take the last shot. Let him bring it, bring it up the court. So I don't want to I don't want to minimize the coaching that goes into that because it seems like uh, David Blatt 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 I always Blatt yeah Blatt he um he tried to I think he did a little bit too much. He wanted to make sure that it was kind of known it was his plays that were being drawn up and yeah. I forget what what game it was but it was like he he tried to drop some game winning shot for somebody else and LeBron was like nah th- this is my give me shot. the ball give me the ball yeah. and he hit the shot and everything and it, I think and with LeBron being such a mega star it's also how you have to handle that personality and I think it's I don't know Blatt's history with NBA type players and coaching but it's a whole different aspect and coming over from like a European country where I'm sure you have stars and everything, but you don't have the mega super, I guess for lack of a better term, a diva type NBA player where he can, the player can get you fired and stuff if he wants to. The player sort of runs the franchise per se. But let me say this though. Remember last year in the finals, obviously I was very happy that the Warriors won. Now there's a whole lot of evidence that what they said all year long, which was, or Cleveland fans said all year long, we didn't have Kyrie and we didn't have Love. That made all the difference last year. With Blatt, he's not getting the boot if it's a healthy team and it goes to seven games last year and the Cavs win. Even with all of that being said, I don't think you have Tyrone Lue coaching this team. I, I just think, and it was... If I remember correctly, my timeline, they hired Blatt before they got LeBron. Before LeBron made his decision. So, yeah. So it wasn't like LeBron got to choose. It's like they they were stuck with, with Blatt and they were like, okay, we actually have a legitimate shot at LeBron coming back to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And they can't really replace the guy after they just hired him. So we'll, we'll see how it works out. And it just seemed like those two personalities were completely different. And I don't... I mean, they were able to get wins and everything, but he's... They were two games away from winning the finals with a bunch, a team of scrubs and LeBron cause, because of injuries. Yeah, but I mean, look at, look at Mike Brown was a, a couple wins away from getting a, a finals championship, and he just, I don't, he, well, he's an assistant coach now and everything. So what, what year was that? Are you talking about way back in the 07 against the Spurs? Because they got swept by them. I thought it was another one. Yeah, you're right. There was some other year with with Mike uh, with him, but yeah, I don't know. I I don't. First of all, I can never respect Tyrone Lue because he got stepped over by Iverson. <laughs> I just you know when he was playing with the Lakers, and um, but he got it done. Cleveland is not known a championship 
in 50, 50 years before this, and it's yeah. it's it's extremely impressive. It really yeah. is. Um, I'm happy for LeBron because there were, the haters and the doubters were really starting to come down hard on him for the potential of losing three straight, three straight. NBA, NBA yeah, finals. Some Buffalo Bills type stuff. Yeah, to go down with that. Um, and truth be told, he's had some shitty finals. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, the one against Dallas when he was uh, in Miami. That was, I mean, he he just played terrible. You know, I think that's one of the one of the ones that uh, he's going to look back on in his career uh, and just kind of shake his head like, "What the hell was wrong with me?" And then the one where the Spurs got the revenge, after, not the um, year of the Ray Allen shot, yeah, the year after, but the year after where every game the Spurs put on a clinic, yeah, and and won, you know, by a huge, a historic margin, yeah, you know. Um, but this uh, this was a definitive year. I think that the the tide from of public opinion shifted heavily uh, against the Warriors. Not that that plays any bearing on what happens on per se on the court, but I would say a good seventy-five to eighty-five percent of the country did not want the Warriors to win that <laughs> that last game. Yeah, they uh, the the whole storybook uh, feel with the Warriors started to wear thin on a lot of people. Yep, uh, nationwide and stuff. I mean, obviously, we live in an area where it's still Warriors strong, but. A lot of people start to get a little bit tired of uh, Draymond. I think, I think if you look at one person, I mean, you still got Curry is, is sort of the the angel of the group. Yep. Uh, even though he does some stuff that can be obviously perceived as kind of, if it was somebody else, they would be like, look at this arrogant, cocky motherfucker. Yep. But uh, I think Draymond did a lot. You can say intentionally, unintentionally, whatever, um, to change the public perception of how the Warriors are perceived. Uh, you you can call him a dirty player. He is. <laughs> I mean, he is. He's dirty. He's cheap. Yeah. He's a throwback player to those bad boy Pistons, to those Celtics teams uh, of the 80s, yeah. you know? But it's hard to say you have a dirty player and not also to be considered a dirty team. And I think that's what started to bleed over into the rest of the perception of Golden State. It's like yeah. you have this really good player, offensive, defensively, Who's a key point, a key uh, figure in in how your team operates and getting your seventy three wins, and he's dirty as hell. Yeah. So if he's dirty and you need him on a night in night out basis, is your team not dirty? And I think that's what what a lot of people were questioning and, and sort of looking at themselves in the mirror when they're sort of saying, "Oh, I love the way Golden State plays and stuff with with the way they're able to shoot threes, but there's a whole different other side of it. I mean, you can't. Playing defense and getting rebounds and and drawing fouls and stuff and getting throwing knees and yeah, he, elbows and he, he kicked somebody in the dick. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. what he did. He kicked somebody in the dick. He's done it a lot. Um, you know I, what I really didn't appreciate on you know online all year long was the uh, stop setting illegal screens by Draymond <laughs> bullshit. I thought that was just kind of comical in a lot of ways because it's like unless you're called on it, you know. It's not illegal. It's yeah. happening right there in front of three refs. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I think it's one of those things where, you know, people get intimidated by him on the court. Nobody's going to admit that. Right. But a lot of people get intimidated, especially guards. Um, he sets tough physical screens. Um, and a lot of people don't know how to handle him. Yeah. 
He had a great game seven. He did. He was on fire. He was. He did. I think he hit his first four three yeah. pointers or I, something. For yeah, he hit. He was on fire, long range. He was playing with emotion. Second half, not so much. Remember, the Warriors were up by seven, or yeah, seven or seven eight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, going into the second half, um, and looked like they had that game under control. They should have. And Jr. hits a couple threes to start off the uh, third quarter, and and then it was really the Kyrie show yeah. to me. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, it, it was an epic finals. I'm sure the the ratings were extremely high. Oh, I I've, I wish I could remember the, the exact number, but I think it was one of the highest game sevens possibly. Yeah, ever? In, in in history. Okay. I mean, the the NBA should be very pleased oh, from a go forward standpoint. We also have the the rivalry, really and truly. Now, yeah. I mean, I think that this is a a better rivalry, you know, especially if uh, the key players stay on both respective teams. Um, with Cleveland versus the Warriors, I mean, you know, you get both of them have won one, yeah, and they've both been great series. Yeah. So, yeah, and based on what I've seen, it doesn't look like Cleveland's done a lot of changing around no. so far. In free, I mean, uh, Della did a bitch boy Deli. Yeah, I, I don't. I, he's gone, but he was same ready. with uh, Mozgov. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he went to Lakers, which just sucks because I'm not a Moscow guy. Max Deal. Yeah, it's sort of ridiculous, and I guess we'll touch on that with uh, some of this free agency talk. We've yeah, um, I think, and I, I can see it coming, but uh, Harrison Barnes kind of. Uh... Oh God! Okay, <laughs> let, let, let's not let's not pussyfoot around here. I've never been a real Harrison Barnes fan. Right, he shows flashes of respectable average shooting guard or a small forward kind of player. Um, you know, being able to knock down some open shots. He can definitely finish at the rim, you know, when it's open. <laughs> but mentally, he's weak. Yeah. And he played... This was reminiscent of... Do you remember when John Starks for the uh, Knicks yeah, yeah. was going up against Houston? Yeah. Shooting, shooting brick after two fucking for, brick. Two for... I don't even know what he shot. Kept I mean, the balls on him for keeping for yeah. continuing to shoot was impressive. And Harrison didn't continue to shoot as much once it was determined that he was super duper cold. But it took twelve shots or or more to get to that point. I think he. I think he's mentally fragile. I don't think he's got the makeup of a cold blooded Max type player no. where he can lead a team. Yeah, you can. I mean, essentially, he's the fourth guy yeah. on, on the court and everything, and he can make a, a open shot certain nights of the week, and he can look like he's above average, but, I mean, when the lights are on, he sort of disappears, and they needed him to step up, especially the game when Draymond was suspended. Yep. Like, that was his time to show that, hey, I deserve whatever I'm, I'm going to get offered over the offseason in terms yep. of a contract. You know who else ain't innocent either, though? Clay. Clay played a good finals, but for those last three games, Clay needed at least 10 to 16 more points. And he was very off that la- that game seven and game six. You know, these are these are closeout games. I got I need I would need to check those stat lines to remember um specifically how he was shooting and how he performed. I know there were pieces of the game where it's like he just wasn't was non-existent and yeah. everything but i i could have maybe my my memory of how it happened and it could be off but i wasn't 
I didn't have that much problem with Clay's performance, and I it, maybe it could be clouded from the previous series where it was literally him. He getting, won that one. Yeah, him okay, see. getting them to that point where it's like, okay, maybe mentally I thought he had a, a pass. Yeah. As long as he was able to do something average, to me it's like, all right, you put the team on your back when Curry was out. You're not just a product of Steph Curry's, and I think he proved that himself, but uh, maybe I, I'm just forgetting exactly how uh, below average his last couple games were. Yeah, I mean, it, they needed the entire team to be on. And when you don't have their, your backcourt on, that team no. is, is just a shadow of itself. But again, we everyone's focusing way too much on the Warriors' collapse because it was historic. And not giving, in my mind, enough credit to Cleveland, Kyrie, and LeBron just playing lights out, consistent basketball. When the last three games were elimination games for them. Two of them on the on the road. Yeah. You know? These, uh, and the person I think that I think it's fair to ask the question for is, like, does Curry get blamed? Does, yeah, I, think that, just, I think that's very fair. And I, I mean, I... I when everyone's discussing it, it seems like nobody brings up the head coach. I mean, obviously, you're not going to try. You're, he's not in danger of losing his job or on a hot seat or anything like that. But something like this happens, you got to be like, "Hey, coach, what the fuck happened? Like, yep. why why couldn't you get your your team up for one of these three games to pull it out when you when you never lost three in a row the entire season? Now you just needed one and you couldn't do it. Yeah, that's very yeah. fair. So it's it's like we. Were they not just making adjustments second half? Were they not? They were just running out doing the same thing eventually over and over again, and they figured them out. It, so I think it's fair to ask, I guess, to look at Kerr and be like, "Hey, could you have done something different? Was, yes. was there something wrong with your strategy?" Very much so. So I, I think I want to make sure that uh, he doesn't go completely unscathed. He doesn't catch. Uh, he doesn't mi- avoid catching some of the blame on this. He deserves a lot of it. Um, great season all the way around. Uh, this season, more than any in recent history, made me care about the regular season. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, um, Pursuit for seventy three was was really really fun and enjoyable. It sucks because I don't think we're going to have another season like that for a long long time, if ever. Who would actually <laughs> actively go for it now? Nobody in my mind. No. Nobody in my mind would try. It would be like you remember when um, uh, in the the Olympics, uh, your boy from Indiana, uh, no, uh, the guy who broke his leg. Oh, Paul George. Yeah, Paul George. When he went down for the Olympics, <laughs> everybody. I mean, nobody really verbalized it, but I'm sure every NBA star that has played for Team USA thought to themselves, Ooh, "Yeah, no, bro. Maybe I won't go and do this." additional extra above and beyond stuff you know when the real deal is it's all about trying to win a championship yeah and yeah that 73 didn't matter for shit um any other final thoughts on that uh no i mean it's just uh i guess next let's see what goes on with uh next year and everything and I, i like we said before i don't think unless something crazy happens with free agency and i think we both know what what one thing would happen in order for us to get the 73 discussion going again would be if Durant signed with the Warriors and people will be like, oh, well, maybe they could do it again. But I, I think with the way the team's constructed right now, especially with Barnes looking like he's possibly going to go to Dallas. I think Barnes literally today 
is gone. Okay. I think so. I saw something where I, I believe there was a team earlier, and then I think I saw this morning where Dallas offered him something, but I think the Warriors have the opportunity to match within 24 hours because it's a he's a restricted free agent, if I believe that the terminology yeah, there, is correct. There is an offer from Dallas. And it's a ridiculous offer. It's like it, four years. 94 90, mil. Not, yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> 95 mil, yeah. So it, the Warriors would have to match that in the next 24 hours in order to keep him. I um, believe so. To me, it'd be like, bye. <laughs> hey, look, if he had played better in that, that series, then maybe we'd be talking. But as of now, no. Uh, I'm, that's I'm good. more than, if I remember correctly, Curry doesn't make it that much. No. I think Clay recently got a deal. Yeah. Um, but I don't think Clay's deal is that high. I don't think so either. Yeah. Uh, and, and let's be really honest. This year, this offseason, which has just really begun, has been the offseason of crazy contracts. <laughs> yeah. Well, salary cap, cap does, I believe they have that TV revenue money or something, from yep. what I keep hearing about coming in uh, next year. So a lot of people with speculation are saying that Durant will probably stay one more year. With Oklahoma City and then sort of go do the whole free agency route again because I guess all these teams will, there'll be an expanded salary cap, which allows players to get even more money. So who knows how that whole thing plays out, which kind of sucks because I, I would enjoy watching Durant go to a different team. It'd be fun. I mean, here's the thing. I really respect Kevin Durant. I think he's a class act. Um, I think he really was hurt. You know, in terms of his team's chances when they got rid of Harden, which was, you know, years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, they still have never truly recovered. Uh, I think this was one of their better years because they took, they almost went to the finals this year. Very, very close. Um, but Durant's kind of an, an enigma. You know, he's difficult to pin down. We don't know what his decision is going to be. Um, he could go to San Antonio. He could go to the Warriors. He could stay put. We don't know. And I, I don't get the sense from him one way or another. Um, you know, obviously with San Antonio, they had another historic yeah. great year. You know, OKC did beat them in the second round. But I, I tell you what, they had a bunch of wins. Yeah, I think that, that was a big reason why the Warriors were even able to pursue 73s. Because they for most of the season, they were San Antonio wasn't, wasn't within arm's reach of yep. catching them for that first seed. Whether it was three, four games. Yeah. Uh, at the end of it, but I mean, they were within a, a nice reach of them, and, and especially with the way the schedule shaped out, where a lot of their head-to-head matchups between the Warriors and the Spurs were towards the later part of the year, where it's like, exactly. okay, um, we can't really take off these these next couple games because we could lose, they could win, and boom, we got to play them twice in the next two days, and then just like that, it could be a half game, one game between the two teams uh, battling for the first seed and trying to get home court advantage throughout the playoffs. Exactly, and I'll say this too. I mean, people always get really caught up in the stuff of like, you know, the seeding late in the season and whatnot. It's about who's hot and who's healthy at the end of the year. And and that's what really matters. But at the same time, you can't tell me that in an 82 game season, all those months of playing, you know, there's not a a game or two off on the road, off a back to back night or something. Well, you just don't put in 120% of effort, yeah. you know? They're, they're, they're humans. humans. Yeah, yeah, they're not robots. They they could be mentally checked out, emotionally, physically, just tired. Yeah. Just, I mean, 
You know how when you go on a business trip <laughs> or, you know, you're flying across country yeah. and you don't necessarily feel like, you know, cranking out that spreadsheet yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> at 8 a.m. Yeah. Well, that's kind of how it is, exactly. only both physically and mentally. I'm sure you're tired as fuck. Yeah. You know? um, so, yeah, and I don't really care about beating a 73-9 and record one bit. But, yeah, free agency is interesting. I It would be captivating to see a Kevin Durant with his personality, his shooting, his length on a team like Golden State, you know, because uh, Golden State struggled against Cleveland to get grab rebounds once Bogut was out. Let's be honest. Yeah. I think uh, Durant is long enough to bother some a, a lot of people, and his feet are quick enough to even stay with someone like Kyrie better, you know. Better than most, or provide weak side help. You know, yeah, it would it would be really really fascinating. And um, you always I always think about this when um, when they talk about adding stars to the team. You still only have one basketball. True. Um, you have Curry, who's definitely a a superstar in the league, and Durant, who is obviously a superstar in the league. They're both. If they're both on the same team, obviously their games are going to have to change significantly. So, yeah, um, and that would be sort of interesting to see how that would play out if we if we could see it. But I mean, I don't see Durant as even though Durant doesn't have that sort of diva personality where he's. Just so vocal about being the star. This is my team, etc. I've seen it in spurts, though. I've yeah. seen him get get aggressive during uh, like that playoff series against the Warriors. He was pounding his yeah. chest, making big shots, and yeah. being like, "This is our home," you know. Yeah, it's so it'd be hard for me to either see Steph taking a step back. I don't want to, I, for lack of a better term, maybe humbling themselves yeah. or just being. Taking a step back for the team because Curry is the leader of that team offensively. He is. Uh, Clay puts puts in his his work, and on nights Clay will outscore Steph. But it's like, all right, it's still Curry's so called team. It's his team. I think even though if Durant were to go to Golden State, and it's still the, it's still Curry's Golden State Warriors, you could argue. And I think it's fair to say Durant's a better player than Steph. I don't. I don't think. You, I think you have a fair argument on either side of that. You could that go, debate. You could go literally either way. Yeah. And I believe both would be right given the time of day. Right. You know what I mean? You could flip a coin in in a lot of ways. Right. Um. I, I think watching that play out would be absolutely fascinating. Yeah. Um. I just hope that if it were to happen, the product on the court wouldn't suffer. Me too. I could see, though, there are some times with Durant playing with a superstar for years and years and Russell Westbrook, who's had his trouble with, you know, being, quote unquote, a ball hog or being super aggressive and not passing. Um, Durant played very well uh, as sometimes second fiddle to Westbrook in OKC. You know, because there were many a, a season that uh, Durant would take less shots than Westbrook. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that would become controversial. So what I would like to see, though, is someone like Durant develop a game similar to Dirk Nowitzki, if he were to come mm-hmm. to the Warriors, where that low post, high post turnaround 
less dribbling, less driving, um, consistent, stable shot of his. Both inside, you know, obviously he's going to take some threes too. But that, you know, off the dribble, high arcing shot from the elbow, um, mid range game is just his bread and butter. Yeah, and I still think you, he can give you eighteen to twenty two, even on the Warriors like that. Yeah, you know. And I think, and we've discussed it before. I think Durant, the clock's ticking on Durant to get a ring. Like this is true. The clock's ticking. Like I think if LeBron had have lost this, this one attention wouldn't be focused on Durant per se. Yep. But since okay, we can't get on LeBron about losing three in a row. Once again, we're looking at Durant saying, "You're the superstar. You're one of the apex predators in this NBA. Show me. You need to get a ring. Time's ticking away. You're a free agent. If you want, this is this is opportunity. You could say for him to go and I don't. I, right now, I don't care if he, if people will say, "Oh, he's he's just going to go with Golden State to get a ring, or going to San Antonio to try to get a ring. Who cares? Get a you get a ring." <laughs> The same fucking haters were saying that about LeBron. You know, always going back to Cleveland and quote-unquote humbling himself and making a promise that he's never going to keep in terms of getting a championship for Cleveland. You know, or with the initial decision to go to Miami. Um, It can work out if you put in that work and you are dominant. And you get it done during crunch time in the playoffs. But we're a long way away from that. And I'm very curious to see what his decision is. Um... To switch gears a little bit with you, the Knicks have just been ramping up. Oh. They still ain't shit. No, yeah. They, they, they still ain't shit. And and here's the other thing, too. The conspiracy theory about <laughs> basketball always gets me because for 40 years, with the exception of a couple years uh, under Ewing and, and yeah. with Starks, um, the Knicks haven't been shit. You can't tell me. That the largest market in the country by far, New York, with over 20 million people in the metro area, 8.5 million in the city alone, <laughs> and the headquarters of NBA basketball, you can't tell me that they wouldn't love of course. to have a viable Knicks team. Yeah, that would, that would definitely spark up basketball for, I mean... For everybody. If you think about that entire region. Yes. Brooklyn ain't shit. Yeah. They're, they're not shit. Philly is not shit. And New York's Celt- a basketball town. Celtics are a very good, improving young team. Yes, so I think the they Celtics have that are- history to rely on. Even exactly. if they don't win for forty years, they still have history. But that whole area of the the Northeast is dead right Philly now. Philly ain't shit. Isn't doing anything. The Wizards are kind of bleh. yeah. So Indiana has has had a number one seed a couple of times. Yeah, and- they need. I mean that I'm. That whole region needs something to get excited about basketball wise. Yeah, because I mean, it's... Hawks ain't shit. I'm, I'm going down the entire Eastern Shore, <laughs> Bobcats yeah. ain't shit. So I mean, they. I, I'm, I'm gonna have to wait till some of the dust settles and dries on all these free agency moves to analyze. Um, I saw they gave Joakim Noah a shit ton of money, which he's a hard player. Um, I think the biggest challenge with him that frustrates me defensively. When he's healthy, he gives you everything he's got. Yeah. He's going to rebound. He's going to block. He can't jump for shit. <laughs> like, you know, he has one of the worst verticals I've ever seen right. for a big man. But despite that, he plays hard. Mm-hmm. My biggest issue with him is I don't see him putting in the effort offensively as hard as I would like. 
And the example for me is obviously going to be two great big men uh, in, in this current era of Tim Duncan, you know, and then obviously Kevin Gar- uh, Garnett. Right. They didn't come into the league with the level of skills offensively yeah. uh, that you saw over their Hall of Fame careers. They improved them. They yeah. worked upon them. I believe that Noah has that potential offensively because he's not going up against ridiculously great, uh, you know, big men all the time. And, you know, when he was with Chicago or even before that, it's just I don't think the effort and focus is really there night in, night out and in the offseason. I don't see it. No, I can say he's been in. I wish I could remember exactly how long he's been. He's been in the league for a good bit. Because uh, he, he was played for that back-to-back Florida team in college. Oh, yeah, he's, he was been, a star he's been there. in the league for for a little while. Um, just guessing, I would say maybe like six, seven years. Yeah, something in there. Um, and yeah, you haven't really seen him make that step offensively. He has had a lot of injuries, just like the other uh, person they picked up with uh, Rose for yep. New York. So I mean, if they can stay healthy, and that's a big if. Uh, there's something not to just say. As came, a, came in the league oh nine oh ten. Or oh nine twenty ten. He okay. is six eleven. Okay, yeah, so, he's 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 huge. He, I mean, when he when he plays, when he wants to play, he's pretty good. But I think last two years, last year, he averaged like four points a game or something yeah. ridiculous, something minuscule like that. Two times the NBA All Defensive First Team. Yeah, you know, uh, one time All NBA uh, Defensive Second Team. I mean, he's a stud defensively. I'll give you that, man. Who's but... who's coaching the Knicks right now? Oh, that's a good question. Because when Fisher got fired, it was Rambis, I thought, that took over. But then I thought that they hired somebody, and I cannot recall who it was. I'm trying I think to look it, was, it up right now. I think it was during the playoffs they sort of made that move or announcement. Head coach Jeff Hornacek. Okay, yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see, I guess, Maybe how they operate. I didn't. Maybe. Phoenix was sort of a dead area for me. I never watched too many Phoenix games this season to see you what their style of play was. I'm so used to mentally thinking about all those years with um, the the uh, the Antonio, the Antoni. Yeah, where they're just running, yeah. running, shoot, shoot, shoot. Yeah, or even the Barkley years. So yeah, so I don't really know if they've changed that whole offensive defensive mindset. It doesn't happen overnight. It just doesn't. It's it's a. Uh, it's a cultural change, um, and it's not just about the players. I mean, here's the thing. It's the eyeball test. And it's not something I'm going to be uh, see a couple games in preseason or even in October, November, and say, oh, you know, the Knicks are... Show me post-All-Star break, you know, when they're playing against a division rival on the road, you know, um, for a game that kind of matters even in the regular season. I'm going to look at three or four games, especially how they play... At Cleveland? Yeah. You know? That's going to be the late, late in the year at Cleveland, that will show me. Late in the year at Toronto, mm-hmm. at maybe Miami, depending on how things shake yeah. up with them in the uh, in the offseason. Right. That will show me for the Knicks, but there's no conspiracy whatsoever. I mean, I would even love, just from a basketball standpoint, for them to be something, just because, you know, New Yorkers are so loud and, yeah. you know... Fun. Angry and they're, yeah. they're they're fiery fans. Yeah, it's it was it's fun to watch playoff games be played at New York. Yeah, and everything. It really it's is fun watching those games on TV and see that whole environment. And it's, it's it's been a while since New York's been relevant on a championship level. Yeah, and I, I think they'd be nice to see them get back in the mix per se. 
Speaking of which, too, on a championship level, it'd be nice to see. I'm not a fan, but it'd be nice to see the Lakers playing some meaningful basketball. Oh, boy. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, they did sign Luau Deng. Um, Who's on the wrong side of, what, 33 yeah, now? Yeah. I mean, he was a hell of a player. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I, I think his years of uh, productivity are, are just... Yeah, it'll be so, interesting. He's only 31. I'm sorry. He looks older. <laughs> no, he looks like he's aged dog years. Yeah. He, he's got a lot of mileage on those 31, yeah. uh, 31 years. And this is a whole new team. I mean, let, let's be very honest. Last year was atrocious. New team, new coach. You got Luke Walton. We'll see how... If he was just pretty much minding the shop when he yeah, was with the Warriors. That's a good question. Or, or if he can actually, uh, night in, night out, come up with some strategy, do some lineup mixes, and, and and get some performance out of these young players who, obviously, I mean, there's, the, there's not that far of an age difference between, <laughs> if you think about it, really. Like, Luke's not... Looks not that old. Not that old in the comparison to some of these other coaches. So I, I think it's an interesting hire in a way because you have all this whole new uh, Los Angeles sort of glamour glitz yep. with these young guys straight out of college. So it'll be, I think it'll help in a certain way where maybe, especially someone that's actually played in Los Angeles, mm. where he, they can actually maybe listen to what coach is saying about certain stuff on and off the court in that that city. That could help, but we don't we don't we don't have that that background to know if Luke knows what he's actually doing. Or not. I still see three teams finishing the season ahead of them when it comes to getting that eighth seat uh, in the West. Oh, I don't think they're no, I don't think they're. You know what I mean? Like looking up three teams above them. I don't think they're you know they're playoff ready unless they show me something crazy. Yeah. Then unless they just all of a sudden Luke's got it figured out. On what what's needs to go on the basketball court, I don't envision them making the playoffs this year. Yeah, I'm keep it realistic. Um, anything can certainly happen. Portland taught me taught me that you know in yeah. a lot of ways because they weren't predicted to be anything. Um, but the teams that I kind of like that are young and if they're healthy and you know we'll see. I mean Minnesota still has a lot of young talent, you know, um, and even to a certain extent. Utah was right in it within that last yeah, week or two. Utah woke up. They sort of, they kind of reminded me of Portland in a way where they weren't really expected too much, at least yeah. by me. There's no, there was no expectation. But they played teams hard, night in, night out, especially at their place. They were, they seemed to give teams fits. They did. They weren't on games. They weren't even really supposed to realistically be in. They're taking teams to overtime where they're up in the fourth and. And giving teams lots of problems, so I think um, they're on the right track to to improving and getting into that seven eight seed. Yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see the West next year, all the way around. Uh, no matter what, with free agency or whatever. Now Westbrook is for sure staying. He's still under contract in OKC. Um, imagine if Durant isn't there. What type of playing? Westbrook will do on his own in OKC. Oh, he'll this be a fantasy is, basketball monster. I mean, he's he's going to go for forty a night every fucking night. Yes, and but I think it's, I think you're pushing you're pushing the red line with that. Yeah, you are. You are. I mean, he the way he plays, it's so physical, and we've seen it happen with like we say with Derrick Rose, with somebody <laughs> who's just constantly going to the basket, flying, finishing, going strong to the holes. It's even with Iverson. Yeah. And, 
Gravity don't don't lie. The court ain't getting softer. The hardwood's still hard. You you still got to hit the ground the same. It still wears and tears on your knees, bones, joints, right. and everything. And it, the way he just does it so fiercely and ferociously, it's no human body's meant to take it that much that hard. Like, and it, it'll be sad. And I don't want it to happen. But it, I mean, it's it's you think it's he's going to get injured or something yeah. just the way he plays and especially if he's the only option where in order to keep his team in it night in and night out he has to do that i think it's a recipe for unfortunate disaster in terms of watching a, a really exciting point guard play the game um if he has to keep driving and finishing like that with no uh offensive uh juggernaut like durant there to to take a some take, of the heat off. Yeah, take some of the heat and give him some some minutes where he can sit on the bench and not worry about losing a lead and everything. Let's uh, let's get into the draft a little bit. Okay. And now I'm going to confess, I didn't watch the draft. I didn't watch a whole lot of college basketball. Um, my excuse, and I think it's valid, is um, you never know. You never know if anybody playing college basketball is going to end up being an NBA Hall of Famer, or NBA All-Star, or even start on any of the teams. Yeah. It's, it almost seems like a crapshoot. Yeah, it really, it really is. Year after year. Um, you have, and especially with players coming out so young, you know, doing a one, one and done or two years and done, and they're a work in progress. No, no. You also can't forget about these overseas players that yeah. you, you don't... You've never seen. You've never seen them. You you've just see it. their highlight tape based on when they're uh, in the green room. That's it. And so it's like, how am I supposed to get excited about whoever it is that they're showing in front of me when I... This is the first time I've heard his name. Yeah. And even... Like, I'll, every now and again, I'll put on NBA TV, even during, like, this time of year or whatever, and see some, like, summer league rookie practice bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't tell me shit. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you could kill it in summer league, you know? <laughs> yeah. It, the NBA is just a very different game. Um, so, ah, I think the Sixers as an organization, because I'm looking at this now, yeah. they they got the number one draft pick again. Yeah, they took Simmons, um, but it's like they've had all these, it's, they, they, it's Simmons, then they had um, the guy from Kansas um, yeah. a couple years ago, yeah. who hasn't played yet I believe in like a year, two years. No, Simmons at least has he has some serious height. He's sick. He's a true six ten, two forty. Simmons needs work. I've I've watched a little bit when I was living in Louisiana. Simmons was all all the noise was Simmons this, Simmons that. Um, He mentally he wasn't. He was just there going. LSU was just a ticket for him to get to the NBA. Like he wasn't going to class. He wasn't allowed to be eligible for the Wooden Award because his. Grades. His grades were just shitty because he just stopped going to class. Do you know how dumb you have to be to have shitty grades when everyone knows that you're only there for basketball and you're taking some questionable classes? From my understanding, he it was just he just stopped going. Yeah, there so you go. yeah, he just stopped going to class. And then um, another criticism criticism about it was okay, regardless of if you if you're playing basketball at college or you're you're playing school or however that Ohio State guy put it uh, for for football you're just going to just showing up there just to play basketball your team wasn't even good at LSU there you go and for you to be like the number one unanimous so-called pick and and being the top player like and you can't lead your team I mean SEC's got Kentucky in it it's got Florida it's a it's a hard basketball conference but you didn't even make the tournament 
and stuff. And you're still saying like you're sign. supposed to be like the best player in the drafts, and it just didn't seem like it. And, and from little bits and pieces, and what I hear, he's got really raw talent. He's he just needs to work on on a on a nice jump shot yeah. and uh, just some 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 basic sort of fundamental basketball type moves and everything. But um, supposedly he's supposed to be a nice, really good talent. But you got to coach that. You have to you have to take that clay and mold it into a, a well defined all around <laughs> basketball player. Obviously. Three four years from now, someone could be listening to this cast, and we I we could both sound like ridiculous oh. idiots because that player goes on to become a Hall of Famer by year five and has already won not, two championships. Well, none of us has said that we don't think that he has the potential to do it. I just think he needs to be, based on what I've seen in college. Hopefully, Philadelphia can put a nice coaching staff around him to work on his strengths so it translates into the next level. You can't. You can you can talk shit on us down the road. He still couldn't lead his team to shit at LSU. Yeah. That's that's fact. That, that, that's that's, that's fact. fact. It's done with. He didn't go to class. That's fact. It's done with. I'm not saying that to discredit his potential of being a, a NBA player. I I think he's got a really good chance. I just think he needs. And unfortunately, Philadelphia hasn't shown the ability to be able to coach up anybody to get them to be an NBA star. And they've had a closet. Full of, of different draft picks, like a wardrobe of, yeah. of number one picks. So they they supposed to be trotting out there and make their team this young, new hype person. They can't do it. For the past, it feels like 10 years, they've been just shitting the bed over and over again. That's it, exactly. Um, I'm going to say, until I'm proven wrong, Philadelphia ain't shit. And even with this player potentially being good, um, I'm not buying into him you know, obviously not playing a single game in the league, being a you know a Hall of Famer, and you know, and all of this other uh, all of this other stuff. Potential uh, is there to be good, but uh, I'll believe it when I see it, especially with that franchise. Um, I don't even know who the coaches. I mean, yeah, it doesn't matter. They were they were so pathetic. Um, Brandon Ingram got drafted by the Lake Show, six yeah. nine out of Duke. Man, he is real thin. Six nine one ninety. Yeah, is he uh, a skeleton? They're gonna have to put some, get him in the weight room. Six nine. I mean, they, <laughs> six nine one ninety. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, I whew. supposedly people were were happy about him more so than Simmons. Uh, like I said, you do you got you got to you got to mold these athletes into NBA players i think especially the way it is now you're seeing so few people come in from college that are just instantly nba ready they still need to be coached yes. um even uh was it towns in um oh yeah in minnesota he's he shows that he he's got really good potential to be a, an nba star but as long as he keeps getting coached and keeps working on his game he'll get there jabari and wiggins yeah you know i mean they Showed a lot of promise. Obviously, uh, Jabari got injured, mm-hmm. um, but Wiggins he didn't get a lot of national televised nationally televised games. Mm-hmm. But when I saw him on some highlights and the few games I saw him, like when the Warriors played against him, guy can ball. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we, we will definitely see. Um, I just think they just as long as they keep as long as that player puts in work and just comes to realization that hey, I'm not in college anymore. I'm not the big fish. Yep. In my conference, in my my city, put in work, get coached. Here's who they're comparing Brandon Ingram to, and these comparisons are always tough with yeah. someone who hasn't dribbled or taken an NBA shot. Uh, they're comparing him to Kevin Durant. Yeah, tall, lanky, 
got a J, long wingspan, time will tell. Yeah. And the scary <laughs> part about that, being a Laker fan, is where is the organizational structure to show leadership in this franchise? Yeah. The we, there's nobody now. It's Well, I mean, truth be told, the last few years, even with Kobe there, there was no structural leadership. There, you know, the, this was not a... AT, even though they, they still had some publicity and they had the hope of you know having the Black Mamba on there, this was a shitty team these last few years, you know. Um, and, and let's just be real about that. Yeah. It's they got a long way to go. They have as long a way to go as Philadelphia. That's why they have the second seed. Let, let's yeah. you know, let's be real. Much better legacy. Much better you know place to play in terms of an environment. But the other thing I saw, what was it? A couple weeks ago. The Lakers have uh, severed ties with Magic Johnson officially. I saw something about that. I didn't get to read the full article to just see if it was just in enti- if it was some sort of like behind the scenes sort of grumbling or if it was just it was an official removing of the the so called title. It seemed weird. It seemed like there was an official removing of the title, yeah. and he doesn't speak for us. Um, uh, I'm trying to look it up now. Because uh, I don't know if it was just something just cosmetically, just or if it was actually something where it's like, oh yeah, we don't want you in the building, kind of yeah. thing. Cause, but I do remember hearing or seeing that that so that title out there. But I was like, I don't know what the full story is. Two weeks ago, Magic Johnson is no longer the ceremonial VP of the Lakers. So okay, you know, well, what, what does that even mean, the ceremonial VP? No, no idea. But I, I mean, I think to a certain extent. He probably had free reign to come in to a practice, come into you know um, uh, access to the players, you know, even okay. to the locker room, give some pep talks, uh, maybe even do um, some executive level meet and greets, you know, with people who have uh, uh, you know Jack Nicholson level seats, any of that stuff. Yeah, um, I don't think you do that to Magic Johnson uh, at all. Knowing what he's meant to this franchise, but they're under this is the bus years, and uh, you know, yeah, it's that's sad, yeah, could think of a lack of a better term. It's, yeah. it's really saddening to see it get like that if there was some sort of bad blood or someone who said the wrong thing to the wrong person. It, and to me, magic isn't an ridiculously outspoken person. No, not at all. I mean, I, I, are there times when he puts his foot in his mouth? Sure. Yeah. He's, but I think as a whole, he's media savvy more than almost almost any other Hall of Famer that I can can think of right off the top of my head. I would say, yeah, yeah off the top of my head, easily. I mean, he's, for the, major, for the vast majority, he's pretty beloved. Yeah. Not just in L.A. I mean, he's just a... It's most so, like... One of the most likable superstars you're ever going to see. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know why. I guess that would be... But it's, it says ceremonial VP. I don't even know what that term even means. It's like someone gives you the key to the city. Yeah. Or whatever. It's just like a... But, I mean, I, I tell you what, even as a non-Laker fan, I mean, the respect that I have for him away from basketball 
is probably more than anybody oh, else. Yeah, easily. I mean, jeez, you know. I mean, there's obviously some people that have done stuff like in different countries. I know Matumbo does a lot of work. Yeah. in in other countries, obviously, and Akeem. and Akeem, uh, and going to all these places. And David Robinson is obviously a class act as well. Yeah, after the game, there's another one I was trying to think of off the top of my head that that given like a lot of like money and stuff and and helped brought like clean water to like places in like Africa and stuff. Um, but in terms of like entrepreneur business type stuff in the United States, I mean, yeah, Jordan sells shoes, but Magic Magic's got his fingers in sort of everything, and he's a really he, he goes out and speaks with people in the community. He's he's at least I've never met him, but he seems very approachable. Yeah, he's very personable. Unlike Jordan per se, Jordan's an asshole. Yeah, but let's be perfectly honest with you. He's very elitist. He's very standoffish. We don't know where his views are. The only time I ever heard him speak. And it seemed reluctantly was when uh, the Clippers had their situation uh, with... Uh, Sterling? Yeah, with Sterling. He was not one of the early folks to say, get this fool out of here. (laughs) Um, But eventually he was like, we can't have that in the game. And if you you think about it, the whole Sterling thing kicked off because of Magic. Because Sterling didn't want his girl to be seen with Magic. You're right. It's ridiculous. Yeah. uh, Yeah, that's... To sort of tie it back up and put a nice bow on it, um, the Lakers need to do some sort of curing and cleansing from top to bottom. Yeah. Um, in order to, I mean, if you can have somebody who's going to be the next Kevin Durant per se, but if you got a shitty ass front office, you got some just pe- just dysfunction. Yeah. How are you gonna How are you gonna grow as yeah. a, a player? All you do is you're pretty much renting that player for three years, three four years, till he gets his his real deal, and it'll, he's gone out the window. It'll be interesting from the fan standpoint too, in terms of patience. I I mean I, I know a lot of Laker fans, and you know they bleed purple and gold. There's no doubt about it, but. These are the darkest years that most of them have seen in their entire lifetime. And the question comes into play for some of the the, the fans that aren't as hardcore, where is that limit? Because I, I always believe that the most passionate fans in American sports are always going to be football. Um, but I think a close second would be, you know, Celtic fans. Laker fans, you know, um, it'll be for basketball. It'll be, it will be interesting. The only thing I would really compare it to, per se, and I think it's a pretty accurate description, would be the Yankees. Mm. Uh, And most people have their heads so far up Jeter's ass that Jeter, his last couple years before he retired, was shitty. Yeah. Like, Jeter shouldn't have been out there. Can can we separate out shitty defense? Uh, offensively, but still solid defensively. No, like he wasn't wasn't as mobile. wasn't He as wasn't agile. nearly as mobile. And I mean, baseball is full of a bunch of ridiculous stats, like WAR, which is win over replacement, and all kind all kinds of stats that I never even remembered being used back in the day. But based on like analytics and stuff, it's like they would have been a much better team without Jeter in the lineup most nights than with him in the lineup. Yeah. And so ceremonial. Been, well. With with Mariano, where they had his ceremonial year of goodbye tour, yeah, that's fine. 
more so in terms of not hurting your team because Mariano is still fucking good. Yeah, he and he's a closer. Yeah. So you're, you're bringing him out there for an inning to do his job, get three outs, good night, done, see you later. 162 games of Jeter being trotted out there on the road, getting gifts, and this whole ceremony type stuff. And the Yankees are suffering. The Yankees were doing pretty much what the Lakers were doing. Yeah, I was going to say, that that sounds exactly like the Lakers with the the last years of Mamba. Yeah. The last couple years. It's like this, yeah, he deserves it and it's fine, but you realize like you're you're sort of cutting your, your, your nose off despite your face in terms of this whole, like, oh yeah, we need to put this pay tribute to said player X. And Yankees still really aren't that good right now. They're still in the bottom of the... Of the, of the division, so it's like, how, how does this whole, yeah, we're going to let our, our star player have his year of waving around, shaking hands, kissing babies, it's still, be, it's still to be determined, even with the Yankees, how that affected where they're at right now, in terms of uh, them as a franchise, and it'll be interesting to see if uh, using that year, year and a half of just Kobe having that ridiculous salary... If that, how far that goes down the years to hurting them in free agency and putting a team of a of quality uh, level on the basketball court. Yeah, I, I think there's definitely parallels there. Um, it, it's funny because obviously we all know, maybe some of the people who are younger don't know, but you know Jordan didn't have a final year with the Bulls that was yeah. anything close to pleasant and a you know an ass kissing send off session. He argued with the front office because the front office was wrong. And, uh, I mean, about as wrong as you could possibly be. They didn't want to keep Phil. They didn't want to keep Pippen. You know, and they were really okay with breaking up a team. Uh, breaking up a team that had um, just three-peated. Right. And potentially could have gone on and won even more. So that was frustrating. And then, obviously, Magic Johnson, because of his HIV status didn't get a send-off tour with the Lakers. No. uh, Which I believe he would have. Um, Yeah. So we haven't seen... And I... I mean, did Bird? Did Bird with the Celtics? I don't think so. Mm, Bird... It seemed like Bird fizzled out sort of quick with the whole back injury kind of thing. I I can't remember, because I was obviously too too young to remember exactly how it was that Bird finished out his playing career, if it was sort of known that it was going to be his last season, or if it was just like, poof, I'm done. Yeah. So I, I can't really remember per se for that example. But you know, um, and I, we don't, we still don't know about Duncan. He hasn't made a, a final decision. Yeah, Duncan hasn't said anything yet. Um, oh, some other, I don't know what's going on with like people like Ginobili. Uh, yeah. So there's still a lot of to be determined what's going on with uh, NBA free agency. Um, Durant still hasn't made a decision. Last I read, he was really blown away by uh, the Clippers. Um, uh, meeting that they had, uh, supposedly all their stars were, I guess, sitting at the so-called table or wherever it was that they're. As they fucking Hamptons. should be. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't <laughs> understand. Now, truth be told, <laughs> your boy Kobe was one of the you know outliers on this issue. He is not one to schmooze <laughs> with anybody in terms of free agency. He's like, look, this is my team. You either get on board yeah. and get in formation or don't. <laughs> yeah, which. Isn't what you want to do to lure a, a, a big former MVP, you know, right. you know onto, onto your team. 
But um, yeah, they're they're fucking supposed to with the Clippers. They don't yeah. get any brownie points with me for that. Yeah. You know, you better do that. It's Kevin Durant we're talking about. Yeah. And when uh, Dwight, we saw Dwight Howard sign with Atlanta. I think this is, is pretty much last chance of. Uh, no, it's over really, already. For I, I do think so. I personally think so. Atlanta's his hometown. For those who don't know, yeah, he's just sort of a skit. So. You know, you called it flat out uh, on one of our previous casts. It's the big man lazy syndrome. He is big man lazy. He likes to make a lot of money, uh, not put in the the effort offensively and defensively. Um, I mean, he's a. I believe he's a physical specimen. You know, but he's not going to stay healthy for a whole year and and be a uh, most dominant big man in the league. You know, those Orlando years are far from. Yeah. Far from uh, around, you know, anymore, and and he's just he's not a real factor. And I'm gonna say too, I know he's more your boy than mine. Um, I'm looking real fishy eyed at uh, your boy Paul George. He better show <laughs> me something next year, because truth be told, actually everybody in the entire Eastern Conference better show me something. This is. Going on year seven of the LeBron James yeah. domination of the Eastern Conference. Yeah, hopefully the East. I mean, even though they won the tri- the title this year, I still consider the East to just be embarrassingly weak. In if he w- goes to the finals this year, I mean, you, someone's got to do a nut check. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like several franchises have to do a nut check. How are you going to let the same? person on different teams dominated for more than half a decade and for the foreseeable future it's still the lebron era in the eastern conference so then looks like it's changing yeah let's uh let's switch gears a little bit um we had a great hypothetical from my boy james who's uh from san jose and uh living out in atlanta he was out here for uh, for work and whatnot, and we were all kind of watching the Western Conference Finals together. Uh, after that, uh, we were watching at a sports bar in downtown San Jose. Yeah. After that, he came up with a really fun hypothetical question, and I'm going to present it to you um, afterwards. We definitely would love to hear from people uh, on Twitter oh, yeah. uh, about this, but erase everything that you know about NBA history in the 80s and 90s, Okay. Think for a second, what would be the implications if Michael Jordan was drafted by the Bulls in 2002 rather than 84? Um, So he didn't play any of those years in the 80s with the Pistons and Celtics or uh, uh, even, you know, Knicks or whatever. He played in the early 2000s as a rookie. Obviously, Kobe and Shaq are coming off of their second year of uh, uh, their dominance uh, in, in route to a three-peat. Um, Vince Carter's in the league. LeBron is coming. You know, the Spurs are a factor. They're a big franchise. The Kings are still relevant. What impact would a Jordan meeting up in the Spurs, young LeBron... Uh, Kobe, uh, young Kobe, L.A., Toronto with uh, uh, Vince Carter, Tracy McGrady. Um, you still have Stephen Francis. You still have AI in the league, young and healthy. 
What impact would we expect for MJ to have in that era? That's it's a really really good question. Um, I I think he would still be a, uh, obviously a really good player, all star caliber player. I don't based on how the league shaped up, and I would have to. I guess it would sort of change on how that those Bulls teams were constructed in terms of their roster. I I I think it's really hard for him to get championships. At, in if he's playing those years, um, he, like you said, with those teams like Toronto, even the, the Nets had a really good team with with uh, Kenyon Martin and Richard Jefferson, Jason Kidd. Still got some good Pacer teams. Yeah, in there, too. Pacers are still on point. Um, I I don't see I don't unless the Bulls were able to construct somebody around him, and I know the Bulls weren't really. Let's say Pippen is. The same age he was in 02. Hmm. So we're talking Portland Pippen? Basically. Okay. I don't I don't see them winning. I see them getting to the playoffs and everything, maybe making a little bit of noise, giving some teams some difficulty. I don't see them I don't see them beating the Lakers. Not with just Jordan. Uh Jordan's not Garden Shaq. I mean, if you want to say Jordan and Kobe neutralize each other out, or if you want to say Kobe's got a slight advantage, there was nobody on those Bulls teams that would have been able to cause you know, to take care of what, what Shaq was doing on the court. Um, and that was that would be even if they got to the finals against some of those Laker teams. Um, but in terms of even other teams in the East, I I don't see it. I, I mean, Iverson was still was still on top of his game in, in 01. First few years in the league, I'm right there with you. Um, I, you, you, No matter who you are, the first two, three years in the league, even if you're a superstar, you're going to put up some serious numbers, but once you encounter playoff basketball as a youngster, for the most part, you crumble. Right. And Jordan in the 80s didn't do... didn't go to any finals. Didn't, you know, didn't do this magnificent job in the, in the playoffs. So I'm looking at the first four years, if you come into the league, um, pretty much following suit of current history. Okay. So that's Lakers winning it in 03. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, if, it, uh, if he gets drafted in 02. Well, let's say he comes into the league in 02. Uh, Lakers winning it in 02. Spurs getting it in 03. Uh, and then Detroit getting it in 04. Followed by San Antonio. I think that all stays consistent. Where I start seeing the impact of someone like Jordan is prior to that. Or after that. Um, You have the 06 Dallas Mavericks versus Miami Heat Finals. Hmm. Uh, I see a young Jordan getting to the finals that year. Over Miami. That's 2006? That's 2006. Hmm. Um, uh, The next year, it was 07. It was Cleveland versus San Antonio. I I for certain see Jordan and the Bulls beating that Cleveland team that got swept out by San Antonio. Now, I could see perhaps Chicago taking it in 06. 
losing in 07 to the Spurs because that was a, an incredibly dominant Spurs team, you know. But then where you really get into it is the Boston Celtics going up against the Lakers in 08. And I think that that's a dogfight in order to get to the finals, you know. Uh, and then I, I guess I see the Lakers winning that in 08, you know. But I see Chicago beating Orlando the next year to go to the finals. You know what I mean? I, I see them... From 06 onward, 06 to 2011, at least four times making the finals over in the Eastern Conference. That's tough because, I mean, I'm looking, I'm going through the standings right now and I'm seeing, I'm just started at 06 because I really pulled up the year that he, uh, he was drafted and everything. So I'm looking, the Bulls were 500 or 41 and 41 in 06. Some of the teams that were really that stand out. I mean, the Pistons were 64 and 18 that year. Yeah, that was, that's ridiculous. Yeah, Cavs were a 50 win team. They were Bulls were essentially tied with the Pacers in the central aspect of it. The Atlantic, nobody was doing shit except the Nets. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the Wizards were about a game above two games above 500. And you have the Heat. That year, I think they could have. Made some noise. Um, I'd be really interested to see, I guess, what that Bulls team consisted of. Or that Was that the so-called, I guess, baby bull years? Yeah. Um, and everything. So it'd be interesting to see, I guess, who was actually running stuff for that team. Um, I don't think that they would... I don't think they would win a, cha- a championship. I think they... It's potentially they could make some noise and get to the Eastern Conference Finals and then maybe get lucky. Uh, based on what I'm seeing, no, they wouldn't have beat the Pistons, not that Pistons team with just Jordan, because that I'm if I'm thinking of the correct year, this is the year. So oh, I'm, I'm looking at 06 onwards because that was the Miami versus Dallas. So this is a year after Detroit. Year Detroit was 05. Five. five. Okay, I still no. Uh, I'm looking think. at 06. I'm looking at 06 through 16. Maybe even five appearances in the finals. I just think they're a team stuck in purgatory. And I think maybe one year they sort of squeak through and get out and maybe get to a finals. But they sort of get, I guess, kind of knocked back down. I don't see them. I don't. I just. I can't see it. I see them beating up. Well, I I hear you. And I can respect where you're coming from. But I see them as a much better team with Jordan. Uh, You know, again, Orlando had no Hall of Famers. Beating up Orlando... Uh, and at least going to the finals in 09. Uh, Boston, tough. I could see Boston possibly winning that. Um, you know, then you got the Miami years, which are tough. But that first year when they're uh, when Miami is just forming, maybe. Hmm. Maybe. Well, oh, oh 09, it was the Celtics. Pretty much Celtics are... They're not beating the, that 09 They're Celtics. not beating the Celtics. No. I give you that. I think they're giving the Heat uh, in 06 a run for their money. A run for their money. I'm trying to think that Magic team was what, Turgaloo? No, was it Turgaloo? Yeah. Turgaloo, uh, the guy from, I think, St. Francis. Jameer Nelson. Yeah. Uh, then you had Dwight Howard, young, dominant Dwight Howard. I think I'm trying Jordan, to think who else was I think Jordan's on. getting hit in Dwight, the best player on that team's face. I think he's punking him. I think he's shutting him down. I think he's, he's and again, we're talking about, you know, the arguably the best player of all time, and you telling me he can't beat the Orlando Magic in 09? Mm-mm. Who else is on? I need to know who else is on these these Chicago teams. Because I mean, I, 
Okay, so you it's, you give a five hundred team. You give him Noah. So, yeah. You give him Noah, right? Uh, what year did uh, D Rose come in? I mean, obviously the draft is going to be five. No, zero five. These are my years start to get all mixed up and. Sh- yeah, exactly. We're old men. <laughs> Someone's yelling at the uh, the mic uh, into the microphone. Yeah. Uh, let's see for D Rose, and again, this was a former MVP. You know, uh, he came into the league and he's born in '88. Uh, he came into these seven years in the league, so he came in oh eight oh nine. That's that's a tough one. I wish we had like a NBA two K simulator. Yeah, uh, sort of play out the that entire season. Um, I I think they make noise. I do think we're. I don't think they're just a. We're just here in the playoffs just to be here. I think they're making noise. I mean, they, without Jordan, they're a five hundred team, based on what the records say. With Jordan, based on what I'm seeing, you're probably a three seed. I think you're a three. I think I don't some think of those. I think some of those years there are one seed. I don't think that they're better than than. The Celtics this year, that, than that year that because that, that's a that's, I agree with that they're not better than the Celtics. I don't think that they're better than Le, I mean, LeBron wasn't on Cleveland. So here's the thing: yes, they're LeBron better. was on Cleveland that year. Yeah, they're bet they're, they're beating, not better than they're not beating Cleveland. Oh, they're they're destroying Cleveland no. in 07. And I think they're giving Miami a run for the money. Here's the, here's a guarantee. Cleveland, for me in 07, they are not representing the East in the, in that finals. I could see them losing to the Spurs, but they're, they're, they Cleveland's were, not going to the finals. They were 25 games better than the Bulls that year. Without Jordan. I, I'm Still 25 games. This is a young LeBron going up against MJ. I like my okay. chances. But, but it's still 25 games. I don't think Jordan's a plus 25 in the win column. And I don't think that... I mean... Let's say they go head to head. Let's just say hypothetically that the Bulls beat the Cavs every time that they play, or whatever they play each other five, six times a year. That's, they're still nineteen games ahead of them in the standings. Still nineteen. Okay. So you still need the Cavs to lose, magically lose, just because Jordan's somewhere in the the, mm-hmm. the country. Yep. You think that equals nineteen losses for a team that's not even playing Jordan that night? I will give you that the Cavs may have a higher seating, but from a Mental toughness standpoint, Cavs ain't getting out of Chicago. Oh, but, uh, Cavs ain't getting out of Chicago, said, and Orlando's not getting out of Chicago. But does does Jordan become Jordan? Jordan didn't just walk up in the league becoming Jordan. No, he he's taken his lump again coming into the league in 02, He's taken his lumps o two o three o four o five and o six again a good tough series against Miami maybe Miami gets but, but, but 07 Jordan needs to win a championship to level up if I we're agree. in this in these scenarios where we're but I think we're already putting him on this mega super power status when he's still developing I don't think Jordan reaches the Jordan that we know unless he starts winning these titles and starts going and knocking out some of these these major caliber Hall of Fame all-time teams, and based on what we're saying, where we don't think he's going to do anything, and then from 03 to 09, if we if we're saying 09 is his so-called breakout year, then why why who's fearing him at this point? If he's not, if he hasn't done anything before, he has who's to have fearing him. He has to have a moment. You could say, oh, he had this great college career, and et cetera, et cetera. But until he actually 
shows up in the NBA and, yeah, no, and, I hear you. and has that moment, then to me it's like Kobe when he's shooting air balls against Utah. I still think he's extremely highlight real and very dominant. I just think that in the playoffs with the level of defense uh, uh, and double teams and the supporting cast, he doesn't quite get it done. But I'm saying, I'm seeing, again, or the or maybe the 09 year he wins it, lose, it doesn't. You're thinking do- he wins what, the East? Definitely the East. In 09. Definitely the oh, you're East. You're saying 09, 010. Yes, definitely the East. 09, 010. Definitely the East. And I'm thinking in 2011, maybe loses it in the Eastern Conference Finals to the Boston Celtics in 2010, comes back and tears up Miami that first year uh, with the uh, after the decision. Oh, jeez, oh, I I can't co-sign this. I can't. I just can't mentally. I'm seeing. I'm only giving him two. You know. Oh man. So I'm looking at 09-010. Yeah, they were five games behind behind the Bucks. They'll jump the Bucks. Um. They're still 20 games behind Cleveland. They're not catching Cleveland. They're still, it looks like, 18 games behind the Magic. They're not catching the Magic. Well, see, you're, you're looking at regular season, end-of-the-year stats. I'm looking at playoff matchup. Who's going to do that nut check and come in? And, again, you know, you look, at, you look at Jordan's playoff numbers against some ridiculously fierce uh, Eastern Conference defensive teams. But that was with Kerr. And with Pippen, that young Pippen, we're, we're, Kerr was a role player. Paxton was a role player. Pippen was elevated, and he's admitted this multiple times because he played with Jordan. And with Phil Jackson, we're talking about whoever the fuck was coaching the Bulls at this point in in oh nine oh ten. Well, to me, you don't get a a Lakers team that's coached by Phil Jackson if he doesn't coach the Bulls either, or or have that success in Chicago. But that's too. not the, the scenario. Things, things ripple. The scenario was we are taking this person from this time period and dropping him into this time period. That's true. We're not, and we're we're taking a, a older Pippen and putting it there. I I don't know. You're not you're not letting him go to the finals any of these years. Post 06. He'll get to the East. I can, as far as my... The, arguably my the best player in the world. You're not saying you're saying he does not get to the finals during his prime years. First of all, he needs to become the best player in the world. And in this scenario, I don't think he can become the best player in the world. I think you become the best player in the world. I think Jordan became arguably the best player in the world by winning championships and doing it over and over and over again. And he didn't, he didn't start off that way. So you're giving him a goose egg for finals between 06 and 2016. This this 10-year run, you're saying no you're saying no finals. Is that is that what I'm hearing? I just want to make sure I'm hearing you correctly. To, to 2000 to, from 09 to 010, I still I see him maybe getting the Eastern Conference finals. Depending on how you're, these things No, fuck the Eastern. You are telling me that Michael Jeffrey Jordan does not go to the finals between 2000, if he draft, was drafted in 02, between 2006 and 2016, you're saying he's getting a goose egg in terms of finals appearances? Is that what you're... Re- I mean, think about that. I, I Up to 2010, I say no. Wow. I need, no, I, yeah, I say no. I, he just, he's not Jordan. He doesn't become leveled up to Jordan level 
from those years to where we're at right now. So this whole fear factor of saying, oh shit, Jordan's going to get in this guy's face, it's no different than, okay, than, so, than Gilbert Arenas trying to get in somebody's face. So post-2010, you're seeing it? From then onwards? Is, uh, that, when, is that when we see a series of, of finals appearances and maybe championships? Because it, it's coming with this level of head and shoulders better than Hall of Famers like Ewing you know, like Barkley, like Malone, yeah. like Stockton. Well, I mean, the in, list goes on and in on. 2010, 2011. This is the year that I that Rose gets there. And that's okay. when they, that's when they make the jump. Okay. We could. I think that's a realistic jump based on the previous years. In terms of if you want to put, if Jordan hypothetically was dropped into this. This so-called <laughs> equation yeah. in, in, into this beaker. So you're saying 2010. So let's say let's say it does happen in 2010, 2011, and you drop them, and they they did skyrocket. They, I mean, they became a 62 and 20 win team. They were the best team in the East. Um, they didn't make it to the championship that year. They still lost. If I remember, did they get to the finals? No, the Bulls didn't make it to the finals. Eastern Conference? I can't remember the year. No, because I'm. They, I think they lost in the semis. Yeah, probably. Um, so I think I, I think that's I think we almost have a sort of a real. I mean, I'm not trying to say Derrick Rose is comparable to Michael Jordan and everything, but in terms of you just dropping a raw piece of talent into a 500 win team, I think what we saw the Bulls do from 2009, 10 to 2010-11 is pretty damn accurate. Um, you'll challenge and make some noise in the East. Maybe you'll get to the East, but no. I, I no, I don't think so. I really don't think so. Just just dropping Jordan in alone, I do. I don't think he causes this sort of massive butterfly effect where it changes the entire history. Now, if you want to say you want to drop Jordan and Pippen, prime Pippen, or drop this whole Bulls team in there, then yeah, we can discuss that. I don't think one player. Of Jordan's caliber changes what happened in our modern history in terms of results, based on especially in the East, where essentially the the figure is you have this Godzilla guy named LeBron who is a matchup nightmare because he's so fucking huge, he's big, he's muscular, he can post you up. Jordan doesn't negate that to me. You put Jordan, I think to me, LeBron beats Jordan one on one all day every day. I, I don't. I don't think it's close. I think he, he posts him up. I think he's a better, lengthier defender. Jordan can let's say Jordan gets off his shots. He, okay, he can get off his shots. Those shots won't be uncontested. LeBron's still taller. He's got longer reach. You could. I, I think he's probably faster than than Jordan. I'll give you that. Jordan's a better shooter from the from the perimeter. LeBron's a better finisher. I think to me, you put these two up up together one on one each day. Jordan gets worked. I, I think he's a wow. night. I think he's a nightmare matchup. Jordan Jordan in, never had to go against Whistlebron six six eight two forty two fifty. Um, he there's no disrespect. I mean, they're both Hall of Famers. Um, what I think is being left out is you know Jordan was a hell of a defender, but against who? I can't see everybody he faced against, but against somebody that was. He had trouble. Here's who he had trouble with. He had trouble with, as we all know, small, fast guards. What, no, what essentially is you're saying is that 
Jordan later in his career. The only if you were to show me evidence of where Jordan was matched up on Carl Malone, he the, did. He actually did that the in entire, the entire the entire like Jordan was just punking Carl Malone the entire time. That's the only thing I can really compare it to somebody of that strength and size. What about his matchups with Barkley? Bar- Barkley. Barkley was the first one that popped in my head, but Malone was much. I think Malone's strength is much more comparable to LeBron than Barkley is. LeBron, uh, Malone was what six ten? Yeah, six nine. Barkley yeah. six six. six Barkley's about the same size height wise as Jordan. Yeah, but he's ridiculously just, athletic. He's, yeah, like, he's ridiculously like athletic, but he's nowhere near. He's not. He can't jump as high as LeBron. He, LeBron by far is a better defender. Uh, yes, I, I'll give you that. I'm, and this is no shade to LeBron, but again, MJ was was drop was I just dropping. He, I just think he takes a pounding. I mean, yeah, he was he was dominant against other guards in that era, and everything. But there were no LeBrons, and I, I feel like I'm I'm not a LeBron stan, and I hate Dick writing on LeBron. <laughs> like I feel like I've been doing for the past ten minutes, but like no, <laughs> like it's it doesn't like even though he, Jordan is a better player. Just them one on one is just a matchup nightmare for Jordan. Like LeBron, just it's like when you're playing your dad in basketball and he can just box you down. Wow, just box you down, box you down, back in, back in, turn around and essentially shoot and everything. Do you know how demoralizing though? Uh, Jordan, I mean, I, I strongly disagree. Twitter's going to decide <laughs> that demoralizing it was for Jordan to get his his shots off and just. Destroy teams like the like the Cavs, yeah, like right. the Pacers, mm-hmm. like the Knicks, like the the Celtics, yeah. like Detroit. I mean, he just he outworked you. You're not you're not going to be able to push off LeBron to get a, a shot like you did Byron Russell. Well, okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I'll, I'll give you that. Um, LeBron wasn't flying up behind Andre Iguodala from like the free throw line, knocking shit out the air like he was just intercepting missiles and shit. A lot of folks came at Jordan, man. A lot of folks. But you know what? I think this is a good place to kind of wrap it up yeah, then. Sounds good. To be uh, continued. Yeah. Twitter's got... I, w- I want to hear some feedback from from the people. Speaking, I want to hear from James. Spe- yeah, exactly. Speaking of Twitter, why don't we uh, give out our own handles and then literally as we speak right after this, I'm going to create our uh, our That's handle on Twitter. Um, well, you can find us. Uh, obviously, we're sort of a clone-off podcast. Uh, this is our sports cast of our uh, Be Then Be... The, be, then, be T.I. T-I. Um, original podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Hey It's Stitch. Um, can hit me up on Twitter. Uh, we all respond to our Facebook page on uh, Black and Black Times Infinity. Um, so, yeah, give us questions, things you want to hear us talk about. Uh, give us feedback. Tell me I'm an idiot. Tell me I'm right. <laughs> tell, tell Prodigy he's an idiot. Tell him he's right. <laughs> we, we love hearing back from, from everyone that we we, uh, we hear from and everything. And uh, especially, I, it was great when James was here because we had we were just going at it. like yeah, we, we were on PTI in the he, middle of the restaurant. It was great. It he's got to come back on. Yeah. We, and we got to do this uh, <laughs> as a live show because we actually had so much more venom and heat when, yeah, you know, yeah. when we were I at mean, that we restaurant. We need to find out when, he can, when he's coming back and I, we need to make that a sort of like a nice little event where we go and even on Skype we'll, we'll have him call it yeah that'll be fun uh, and uh, so my Twitter handle is at Cthulhu which is tough for most people to spell but it's C-T-H-U-L-H-U and then an S at the end and then Prodigy P-R-O-D-I-G-Y so all one word at Cthulhu's Prodigy uh, or uh, I usually do most of the responding at B then B-T-I uh, for Black and the Black Times Infinity as well so uh, either one on Twitter hit us up Tell us who you think 
uh, or how the league would be impacted if MJ was drafted hypothetically in 2002 by the Bulls uh, and what uh, that would do to the Kobe and LeBron era and the Duncan era. Yeah. You know, uh, in terms of the NBA. See what kind of butterfly effect that would have. Yes. Um, Until next time, we're going to be doing these much more frequently. Sorry about the scheduling. I've been, I don't know, three or four weeks since our... uh, uh, second episode, but we're going to do this yeah. maybe every other week um, yeah. now that the, the season, season is over. Yeah. yeah. And talk about some Olympic basketball and everything going on, and uh, it'll be fun. Sounds good. Till next time, keep scoring, keep backing folks down. Mamba out. Ah! <laughs> <laughs>